Light Down the Light podcast, where we seek to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so we've been reading The Imitation of Christ together. We did chapter one recently, and we'll be moving on to chapter two now. Again, just as a reminder, you can find Imitation of Christ really easily at ccel.org, or you can find it through the Logos Bible app on your phone. Those are excellent places to find this resource and also all sorts of other important old books that you want to read. You know, you, you would think that knowing something would lead to action. You know, when, you, when it's cold outside, you will take action and wear warm clothing. Unfortunately, there are many ways when we know something, uh, we know we will feel regret after doing something, and yet we make take those actions anyway. Such as knowing how bad it will feel after watching TV all day, but doing it anyway. And I think chapter two in The Imitation of Christ sort of speaks to that a little bit, that knowledge isn't necessarily always just good, but having a knowledge with the fear of God is important, and with charity and with love. And so we're actually going to jump right in, right, right away, in the second chapter of The Imitation of Christ. Having a Humble Opinion of Self Every man naturally desires knowledge, but what good is knowledge without fear of God? Indeed, a humble rustic who serves God is better than a proud intellectual who neglects his soul to study the course of the stars. He who knows himself well becomes mean in his own eyes and is not happy when praised by men. If I knew all things in the world and had not charity, what would it profit me before God who will judge me by my deeds? Shun to a great desire for knowledge, for in it there is much fretting and delusion. Intellectuals like to appear learned and to be called wise. Yet there are many things the knowledge of which does little or no good to the soul. And he who concerns himself about other things than those which lead to salvation is very unwise. Many words do not satisfy the soul, but a good life eases the mind and a clean conscience inspires a great trust in God. The more you know and the better you understand, the more severely will you be judged unless your life is also the more holy. Do not be proud, therefore, because of your learning or skill. Rather, fear because of the talent given you. If you think you know many things and understand them well enough, realize at the same time there is much you do not know. Hence, do not affect wisdom, but admit your ignorance. Why prefer yourself to anyone else when many are more learned and more cultured than you? If you wish to learn and appreciate something worthwhile, then love to be unknown and considered as nothing. Truly, to know and despise self is the best and most perfect counsel. To think of oneself as nothing, and always to think well and highly of others is the best and most perfect wisdom. Wherefore, if you see another sin openly or commit a serious crime, do not consider yourself better, for you do not know how long you can remain in good estate. All men are frail, but you must admit that none is more frail than yourself. I think when we read this chapter, we really need to consider our ideas of discipleship and knowledge. It is often very easy to consider ourselves good disciples when we know much about the Bible. And yet, is that really our measure of discipleship? How much we know? Shouldn't our measure instead be the ways in which we are growing to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength? and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And this is why charity and love and the fear of God is such an important aspect to our knowledge. 
because without it, knowledge puffs up. This is not some sort of anti-intellectualism, but it is an approach to knowledge focused on our character, not simply on how much we know. And we need to evaluate how much we measure if we're good Christians or not by what we know. Another important part of this chapter is humility. And I think it challenges us to consider when Thomas said something like this. Truly to know and despise self is the best and most perfect counsel. That's not necessarily how we would often think about ourselves in this day where we praise ourselves more often than not. Now this isn't to say that if we do berate ourselves or guilt ourselves too much that it is wrong. Rather it is saying that we need to have a humble opinion about ourselves to understand that we are created by God and we follow him. That a search for fulfillment or a search for joy isn't always best evaluated by ourselves. Rather, it needs to be in service of God and what he's leading us to. And I think that's the biggest place where I'm challenged, is what do I measure my fulfillment or joy or purpose by? Is it my own ideas of what I should be doing or want to be doing? Or have I actually gone to God and rested before him and actually asked him, what is it that you are desiring for me? How can I serve you? And I think of Psalm 37 verse 4, which reads, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And as I think about this, I really should ask myself, am I delighting myself in the Lord? Is that my first step? Or am I searching for purpose and fulfillment with my own strength and my own ideas of what will be good and what will be best? Those are challenging questions that we need to be wrestling with. And I hope something else in this chapter stood out to you. And I pray that it will help you to grow in loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself.